Samuel, what do you think about love? About volcanoes. Oh, you love volcanoes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They are really cool. What What do you like most about volcanoes? Uh, lava. You like lava? Yeah, when it flows down the volcano thingy, flows down the crust. Oh, yeah, it flows down the crust of the earth. Yeah. Yes. What kind of volcano is your favorite? Uh, a lava one. Do you want to get married someday? Sure. Why do you want to get married? Because when I grow up, I want to be a marriage guy. You're so silly. You're too silly too, Mama. Oh, thank you, baby boy. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Samuel. That was our three-year-old son who was so excited to hear his own voice and <laughs> had to jump in here a minute as we have all this recording stuff in our living room. Yeah. So what you're actually listening to is the Solid-ish Marriage Podcast. We are Scott and Betsy Neismer. We are marriage therapists, and we created this space to offer some reprieve from the expectation that you are supposed to be perfectly solid in your marriage all the time. That is absurd, and we hate the idea uh, <laughs> because, you know, when you really get down and real with each other, you get to feel how it can be a total mess, an absolute you-know-what show, and, yep. and, uh, and you can still have really meaningful connection. You can still feel yes. safe with each other. Yes. Uh, even in the mess. So we we love doing this. Um, and we, we honestly, we love doing this for our clients. So like we, you know, we do marriage therapy all the time, but we also offer marriage intensives. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're ever interested in uh, checking us out, you're welcome to check out our website, upgradeyourmarriage.com. And we've got um, intensives going on on a pretty regular basis there. So we want this podcast to be as helpful as possible. And if you do have any questions or want us to address any particular uh, marriage topic, we would love to do that. Um, so please give us a review. Please leave your question or comments, or you can email me directly, scott at hopetherapy.info. For this episode, we had the privilege of interviewing Gary and Martha. They are such a lovely couple, and it was really interesting this time because uh, actually Scott and myself were under COVID quarantine, it's so this true. was the first episode we had to do it via Zoom. Yes, so forgive us if the audio is not great. Right, <laughs> and I really wish we could have been in person with them because they exuded warmth and kindness mm -hmm. and they were open and friendly and it was a it was a real privilege they bring in a lot of really good stuff about what it looks like to just be present with each other in the middle of pain uh which you know if, if you've listened to any number of, of episodes with us you know how much of that is that I mean, that's just such a big it's deal so important it's central to everything that it's, it's not about being perfect it's not about being totally solid it's never about never upsetting each other anything like that right it's about being with exactly in the middle of pain yep so i love that um so be sure to listen to the whole thing because there is good stuff all the way to the end i found myself um being a widower at um mm. in uh April of 2015. Really? After being oh, married for 34 years and oh. um, 
raising three wonderful, wonderful daughters. Um, and wow. uh, as a result of um, um, cancer, my wife quickly passed away. When you say quickly, what do you mean there? Well, um, probably nine months where, you know, even, wow. um, yeah. even it was a, um, even she went into remission for two months, but it was something, it was a, a ver um, ovarian cancer. So that's oh, a pretty okay. quick thing. Yeah, that's right on. So, yeah, from, so from like from the day we found out you have cancer to the day of death, nine yeah, months. Nine, nine wow. ten months. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. I knew that that was going to be devastating. And about a month before she passed, I started with a, a grief coach. I said yeah. because you know Smart. I'm a I'm a pastor. Um, I've walked with people with grief. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be the hero of my own story. Um, Ooh, I have, that's a good, I like that. That's a yeah. good one-liner. I'm not going to be the yeah. hero of my own story. I just kind of went in very vulnerable and said, you know, I have never obviously gone through something like this. I've gone through trauma. Mm. Um, we had a daughter that was anorexic for 14 years. Oh. Who's, doing, who's doing great, by the way. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. She's doing fabulous yeah that's um, not an easy struggle to overcome yeah and so there was trauma in my life and and you just don't know how to deal with it and i went in there with this fella very vulnerable and mm. saying i don't know what to expect i don't know can you give me some things to expect these and, and he was so gracious he said everything's okay right on. Every, every emotion is okay mm. every feeling is okay yeah. And, and I'm here just to kind of walk you through that. Yeah, I love that too. So that gave me, that gave me real um, peace to know that I could just cry in there for an hour and he would be good. Nice. Or I could, yes. we could laugh for an hour and that would be good. Um, I love the redefinition of that because normally we use the phrase, everything's okay as like a, uh, the, the comfort like it's okay it's okay you don't need to be hurting you don't need to be sad you don't need to cry like everything's okay but he's using it in its truest form of look everything is okay so yeah, whatever you experience that's fine go for it i love yes. that yeah it was very helpful so yeah. that's where i was in 2015 okay my story is pretty much polar opposite of Gary's story. Okay. Um, in about 2015, I was um, quite a few years, 25 years into a difficult marriage. Mm. And okay. I had two boys um, um, who were teenagers and it was, it was a difficult, really, really difficult Right, which century, quarter of a century. Um, yeah, and, and Lord knows and you're I, gonna you're gonna have to explain that one for me because when you say difficult, right, that could mean anything. So yeah, I'm curious, well, what's, I, what's I think, the raw? Yeah, I didn't know at at well for a long time. I didn't know. Um, you know, um, Leslie Vernick kind of became a guru to me. She has a some wonderful writings and some amazing groups and nice. um, to discern between a difficult marriage and a destructive one oh, is nice. something that I, I really didn't have a handle on. You know, I grew yeah. up in a church that was super conservative. 
Um, I, you know, my belief was when I said I do, it was forever the end, no matter what. Mm. And it was getting more and more and more difficult. And Mm -hmm. so through Leslie, through a therapist, um, and I was living in Philadelphia at the time. Oh, nice. Through a therapist who uh, pointed some things out to me that I just had never thought of and kind of nudged me into being real and open. Mm. And nice. being able to acknowledge um, what I was really feeling, because I think when you grow up in a place like that, it's at least for me, it's easy to put on the happy face. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and to be one person at home and a completely different person outside of Amen. the doors. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So and, much easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and not only that, but I was, um, I. I was on the platform every Sunday, a musician. I was leading groups. Mm. Um, um, both my first husband and I were very visible in the Christian world. Mm. Oh, man. So and then I'm, I'm immediately then mindful of the consequences of, like, if I do let all this vulnerable mess out, oh, my goodness. The right. <laughs> They're, right. How tolerable will they be? How not yeah. even supportive. It wasn't even a question of whether they'd support, but how, how uh, it would be sacrificing my job, his job, my kids' yeah. lives, right. my family, my friends, my like everything to even acknowledge that something was wrong. Yeah. Wow. Which, and yeah. how true of, of just a universal experience, I think, is that exactly. Like yeah. how much socially, professionally, relationally, am I going to have to voluntarily blow up just to be known in, in what's actually happening That's behind a big closed risk. doors, right? It's a big risk. Yeah. Exactly. There was even a small group of um, parents with, with small kids that met in my house, in my kitchen, in my living room. And even there, it wasn't possible to be real. At least it didn't feel to me possible. That sucks. Yeah. And yeah, it was yeah, not, a, not an easy thing. So um, when it finally came to the place for me that I had to choose between either taking the risk of blowing up my life mm. or not surviving it, yes. I, had, I had an emotional break at one point where I stopped eating, lost 30 pounds because I didn't Ooh. think I deserved food. I, oh, I, I didn't, it was, um, yeah, it was, and then, but then thankfully, thankfully, you know, the right doctors, the right friends came alongside of me and I learned from that and, um, nice. got healthier. Nice. Mm-hmm. Can I, I, I just want to real, I want to pause right there because I was thinking, wow, what a powerful juxtaposition between the two stories. Uh, right. Like, you know, on the one side you have Gary with, this very socially acceptable pain that he's going through, right? Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, it's my wife has ovarian cancer. So it's like purely nobody's fault. It's right. She didn't do anything wrong to get this cancer. I didn't do anything to deserve, you know, losing my so it's purely this socially acceptable pain. And therefore, he gets to be out loud about that pain very readily. And, mm. and, right, and, and yes, the, the pain is horrible, but man, he gets people with him. Uh, he gets to, to speak his heart. He gets to be known uh, in the nuance of that very immediately versus over on your side, Martha, it's, you know, I have this very socially unacceptable pain 
going right. on. And, right, it's very different pain, but equally intense and horrible and destructive to my life. And I don't get to go anywhere with it. One of the things that pops out of that for me is a ridiculous belief like, I don't deserve food. Yeah. It's like, I don't deserve to eat anymore. It's like, you know, you know, you look at it with your logical minds like that's absurd. But when we're so lonely in our pain for so long, that totally makes sense to me. And then how healing then starts to come out of there for you when, oh, okay, now I finally get to say these things out loud. I finally get to be not so alone in my pain. Right. And that's, that's one thing that I'm noticing between both of your stories is we, we heal in relationship. Mm -hmm. We heal when there's connection with the right people, with, you know, supportive people when I'm not alone. Well, one thing I wanted to add, this funny little thing is that somebody said, when you lose a spouse to divorce, nobody brings a casserole. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, so then for uh, not, not to, I'm, I don't mean no, to no, like no. in any no, way, no, no, no. <laughs> it right. works. That's, yeah, uh, it's, it's not like I, she's I, turning I, over to Gary saying, you got all the casseroles, you jerk. Right. I know, that's right. <laughs> and, they're, and they're still in the freezer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's true, Martha. There, There's, in like Scott said, it's this acceptable pain versus unacceptable pain. And all we all want mm. when we're going through such devastating pain is support. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, and that makes sense that really you got a casserole and I'm alone. So they, So when I finally made the decision to find a lawyer who's actually turned out to be amazing, incredible Christian woman who loved me through it. Nice. And, um, but when I, when my church found out, they called me in and fired me on the spot. <gasps> and, oh, um, and because I refused to pull the papers and, wow. and they told me things like, you know, if you just give up music and stay home, be a better wife, it'll all be oh. fine. No. How, so obviously I'm not going to ask you to name these people, but I <laughs> sort, so there's this, like, I want to go punch them in the face. So I want you to tell me who they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I awful. really couldn't want to tell you, but you know, like, okay. Yeah, no, right, right. <laughs> yes. yeah. I appreciate yeah. being respectful to them, but yeah, yeah, that sucks. That's awful. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, so, make, so make this pain go away. This is weird for us. And it, and it looks sort of gross and it's messy. So make that go away mm. and, and then you'll be fine. But if you don't make it go away, then we're going to make you go away. Mm. Yes. Mm. Exactly. So it was Gary, a long, drawn out process. Yes. Gary gets a casserole and you, get, you lose your job. You get the can. It's awful. Yeah. Man. When I did finally leave... <laughs> completely leave that church. I was so disillusioned, honestly, by I churches as a whole. It was about 18 months that I um, just couldn't walk through church doors. You know, during during that time, though, it was very special because I think if they're, you know, sometimes when you're in a church and you've got kids and you just kind of, it becomes your routine to go every Sunday, um, especially living in an environment where we had to work to laugh. Mm, and, yeah. Ooh. You know, firsthand, we all knew what it was like to have silence in the house. And I just yes. did not want silence between me and the boys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so there were times when, 
know, one or the other of them would be mad and or something was going on and they'd go run and hide under their covers. Well, I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but I went under the covers with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not running. You're, no, we're not doing that. So what you just talked about is a very uh, uh, indicative of a very common uh, dynamic in marriages of like pursuer withdrawer. So like the pursuer, quote unquote, will stereotypically be the one that says, hey, I, we can have conflict. We can have rough feelings. That's fine. I just don't want you to disappear. I don't want you to walk away from me. I don't want there to be silence in this because like you just said, we've had the silence before. We weren't allowed to deal with the conflict and I cannot stand that. So I go after you, right? If, if you walk away from me and, and try and go quiet, I go after you to try and keep this connection going. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm one, like, so when, when you got married to, to Gary, was that, is, is that a raw spot that he bumps into sometimes where you guys will have a conflict and, and he might go a little bit quiet or kind of walk away and, and you feel yourself go <gasps> inside? Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, in fact, the opposite. Oh, the nice. opposite where he pursues me. If he knows something's wrong, he doesn't let it go on. Oh, okay. He, he just will not. So are, are you the one that'll that'll shut down sometimes then? Yeah, I will. Right on. I will. And and it's I think that's part of what's been a journey for us is mm-hmm. trying to figure out like how, what do we do with that? If something has come right. up, even if it's something little, it can become so huge. Yeah. If we are both fighting about how we want to deal with that. Yeah. Yes. So he will pursue me. And um, he can't stand it if something's wrong, you know, and, and so, and to me, that's been such a gift though. But the first time, it's okay if I tell this, the first time (laughs) we were, (laughs) I guess, yes. (laughs) I was sitting on one couch, he was sitting across the room on another couch. We were having a moment. I was in, I don't know, a snit about something Mm. and and I just kind of went into my own little, I put up my walls, I, you know, mm. I curled up and he, it sounds little, but it was so big. He got up off the couch and came over and sat next to me mm-hmm. and oh. he touched me and he looked in my eyes and I went, I don't think I've ever felt that loved in my life as that moment. That's and amazing. That, so in the middle of your quote-unquote little snit Mm -hmm. he came and sat next to you and loved you anyway yes Mm -hmm. that is awesome as someone who was sitting there wanting to disappear Mm -hmm. right i'm sure you were feeling ugly like on the Mm -hmm. inside right Mm -hmm. i shouldn't be feeling this way this is gross this is disgusting and the person who i love the most sees me in that icky spot and touches me mm. he comes closer to me Does, that's yeah. huge and i want to yeah i want to like obsess over this right now because it's such a great example of like because yes. i think of the couples listening to this potentially hopefully more than two or three of them uh and and <laughs> And I think, oh my gosh, that's exactly what they need to hear. That, yes. like what Betsy just said. Okay, if if I'm in a spot where I feel gross, 
I don't want to be feeling this way. I also recognize that my grossness is kind of being gross for you, mm-hmm. right? And I, I can see the negative impact that I'm having on you. And so what do we naturally, because I'm the withdrawer in our marriage. And that's, that's very much something that I relate to, Martha, is that like, look, when, when I see myself being the burden, when I see myself being the problem, the gross one, what's the, like, I don't know how to stop feeling this way. So the only way that I know how to make the situation better is to just kind of go away, right? Or to, to just like put up the walls and try and hide so that I don't hurt you so much. So I don't burden you so much. And then what a powerful example of, of love and of what truly breaks down those walls is that when the receiving spouse of that, right? In this case, Gary, he sees that and he says, yeah, you are kind of being gross. And <laughs> right, you do feel a little bit like a burden. And, I, and I'm not a huge fan of this moment, right? Like all those feelings are still there, right, Gary? Right? <laughs> As he nods his head, he's like, do I dare acknowledge yes. that? Right? <laughs> yeah, like, of, of course, those feelings are still there. And yet, despite the grossness, you are still worth being with. You mm. are still worth being close to, right? That I don't require you to feel better or to make more sense before I come and sit on the couch with you. It's like, no, in your grossness, as it is, I will go to you there and be with you there and touch you there and look in your eyes there. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when Martha got to feel like, oh man, I've this ne- is nice. I've never felt more loved in my life, you yeah. said. And that's exactly it, right? In our ick, if we it's- can feel that love, that's a big deal. Then the question is, can I receive it? Ooh, ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, it was beautiful and wonderful. But again, like if I don't deserve food, I don't deserve to be loved oh. like that. And yeah. I, and, and. Because you're right. It's a huge statement of worth. Yes. Right? It's like, hey, you are, even though you're feeling gross right now, you are worth it to me. And right. Mm-hmm. And in response, but I don't feel like I am. Right. Can mm-hmm. I take this in? Is that allowed? Because the last time I was gross, at least according to the stories that you've told us so far, the last time I was gross, I got fired. It's like, yes. that was decidedly not okay for me to be gross. I was not worth it to them. And now here you are telling me this totally opposite message, right? Which one is true? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know if I could believe it. It took, I, Gary's been so patient. It took a long mm. time for me to begin to believe it to decide, Hey, this is safe. This is okay. Uh, that's a hard thing to do, but it's an experience that truly convinces us. I just need to spend time experiencing this as good as safe. What you experienced with Gary, it's like that, you know, at first it was really, really hard for me to believe that I was worth him being present with me when I was feeling gross, except Mm -hmm. that this experience kept coming up over and over and over again and eventually experience overwhelms what I used to believe so then I start to believe something new and that's really cool and you know this <laughs> I tested him boy did I test him <laughs> <laughs> because you know I was I knew the happy face okay you're loving that's fine you have to be because you're a pastor you right. know like yes. or whatever and so I threw everything at him. I told him every bad thing I had done. I had told him all that, like how rotten I was. I told mm. like, I, like how, like, I am so bad. The church doesn't want, like, I told him everything. Yeah. Cause I thought if he's going to walk from me, I want him to walk now. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. What was that like for you, Gary? 
Yeah, it's a great question. <clears throat> I mean, I did, it started by just, um, I could see in Martha's eyes, um, the need for care. Mm. And I wasn't looking to remarriage or anything. It was kind of like, you know, God, whatever you want. Obviously, God was doing something in both of our hearts mm. to yeah. get to a point that, wow, this could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Gary, in, in, when Martha's just throwing thing after thing after thing at you, did you ever have those moments of like, geez, you know, does, does the list ever stop? Or like, oh, you know, what's going on with this lady? Or did, you, did you ever have some of those raw, not so positive moments? I think just to give a big picture, and then we can give you some small things. I think what happens in a remarriage, one of the things that I realize is that I'm not married for the 35th year. Mm. I'm uh, married for the first year. Hmm. And so when you're first married and when you're in your 20s, you're developing memories together. You're developing mm. friendships together. But when you're married at... Martha's nine years younger than I am. So she had a whole life and I held a whole life. Yeah. And so now, but we have to go back to the initiation of what a marriage is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any, any unexpected difficulties that came out of that? Um, yeah, I think just our expectations of marriage were so opposite for us where where gary like i know it wasn't necessarily perfect but in my eyes it was perfect they had a successful marriage mm. she was a godly woman who was a great mother and a great help me for and to follow in those footsteps yeah i can imagine the insecurities there well it, that was very hard and i yeah. just and so it, it's the fight or flight thing you know and sometimes i would fight, flight, or freeze now, right? Right, yes. So yeah. I, I would sometimes, I would do them all. I would freeze, I yeah. would want to run, I would push him away, I would mm -hmm. fight. It, it was a struggle. I think it was a struggle for me. Um, this was a, probably one of the largest struggles. Again, as I mentioned, I had 34 years of building relationships with other people as a couple. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Martha and I have relationships with people that we don't even know each other like we don't know right so i don't know who this billy bob is right, right, <laughs> and she right. doesn't know who Susie bob is no. and just in the, especially in the beginning for me it was trust um just trying to like what who who is that and who is that in you and i think that was hard for martha because she felt like wait who died and made you boss of me I mean, not, nice. not literally, yeah, yeah. but like, right. but that makes you know, sense. it's just kind of like, whoa, wait, what, what's this all about? Yeah, right. It wasn't a problem a year ago, and now all of a sudden this is a big yeah. deal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But and, that makes sense, especially in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, if, if she's like, you know, has this really long standing relationship with another guy who's kind of awesome and right and they're like emotionally they're pretty close and i can imagine you'd be like uh he's not your husband i am right like what's the deal because we just we haven't had time to establish that emotional intimacy yet exactly right? and that did happen 
because I did have friends that were guys and girls and they, you know, long-standing friends. And for me, I knew we'd hash that. I knew there was never going to be anything between me and, you know, except just friendship. But sure. Gary didn't get it, didn't know that. Yeah. And right. Yes, that was hard. Amen. Because again, trust is built on experience. I can, I, right, I can look at you with my eyes and say, I know you're safe, but my heart says, I don't know yet. Yeah, what if? And I think one of the things Martha was very willing to do um, is that uh, I think intentionality is always important in relationships. Every Monday, mm. I don't think we've skipped maybe once or twice, maybe five times, I don't know, in four <laughs> years, where we take on a Monday, we go through a book together, reading it, going through questions and answers, nice. sharing our hearts in that, praying together. Mm. And, um, and that's what really, I think, uh, the first book we went through was a book on remarriage mm -hmm. because we yeah. didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, hey, man, how are you supposed to? Exactly. And, um, and I think it took us two years to go through that book because yeah. we it would be even just a paragraph at a time. And so we were able to talk through things before they got to the heated situation. You know, like yeah, who's nice. going to like his kids were grown but still there are things, you know, my kids, we had, I brought my youngest son with me when I moved in. So he not only got me, but he got right. actually both of my kids in the house. So who's going to parent them? Yeah. You know, what is his role in their lives? Amen. What is, you know, that was a, that was a very tricky thing. What about yeah. finances? How do we merge this? How do we write our wills? How do we, you know, do we stay in the house where he lived happily with his wife and where I maybe feel like I'm just invading another woman's place? Yeah. Or do there's so many issues that came up that we, because of that book, we were really able to talk through, but mm. it doesn't mean there weren't difficult moments about it. Well, amen. And that's what I love about it is it's like, I think of it in terms of voluntary instigation of difficult moments, mm -hmm. uh, right? And, and specifically voluntarily going to the intimate, vulnerable place where the stuff may or may not exist, right? Sometimes we get to go to that place and we just enjoy connection together, right? And it's a good day and, oh, that was an interesting thought and then we move on. But other times we go there and yeah, that's where the stuff lives because it's worth going through like you guys said we had to address these things because mm -hmm. if we just wanted to feel comfortable together all the time well then these things are going to exist underneath the surface they're going to be the termites that eat away our foundation and right then two years later we're going to be like ah, i hate you even yeah. though it started out so well so i love that hey once a week very very regularly we are intentionally going to that place whether or not there's going to be scary things there whether or not there's going to be painful things there we're going to go to that place just to see what's there to connect there to talk about it i love that mm -hmm. you know and i think we also um being being older in marriage there's a lot of things that happen us growing up or whatever that can bring into the present situation Right. So if you're not careful, you're like not talking to the actual person who's there, but you're yeah. talking to her 17 year old self yes. or, well said. or she's talking to me and my 18 year old self right. mm -hmm. and trying to figure all that out is an impossibility. If you want to have a, I think if you want to have a growing, healthy marriage, yeah, we could have just, you know, gotten married and lived together and 
and you know, hey, she's who she is. I'm who I am. You know, we're right. not going to change. Right. But mm-hmm. that's a waste of time. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. And Martha mm-hmm. wasn't going to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think intentionally growing has been good. Like for, and I think for an example, I think as a guy, um, I don't want to generalize, but I want to think, I want things to be taken care of quickly. You have a problem. We have a problem. Let's settle. settle. Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've learned that that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, in other words, and so we came up with, we came just probably in the last four months, we've come up with this little thing where there's a stage one where maybe Martha um, has all these various emotions and they're all swirling around. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk for no, you before what... I get to the other stage. But... Stage one for me, I need the time to feel. Mm. Nice. I, have to oh, just, yes. I need to sit in my how I feel because... There's another, Lisa Turkhurst is another one of my favorites, and she'll say, you know, emotions are indicators, not dictators. Yes. So, nice. yeah, so I believe they indicate something. There's something. Uh, yes. God gives right. us emotions for a reason. Amen. Yes. And I'm feeling because something matters. Yeah, something, yep. something matters. So I need to let myself sit in the emotions for a little bit, let them nice. swirl around, let them, yeah, and experience going all the way around that emotional circle before I can move into putting a name on anything you know mm-hmm. or yeah or even just hashing out what it actually means what do I do with this is it just my pride is it just my or is there something really wrong is that is is there a boundary that's been crossed is there something that I has to be dealt with I love that so stage love one that. is just yeah, it's just feeling. And yeah, I think you, you can't possibly understand anything about the storm until you actually go and experience the storm for a little while. Right. I love that. And I think my, the, probably the first three years of my marriage, three and a half years, I would jump right into stage one and, and say, well, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? Yeah. Oh, I have four thinking things that could fix that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, remember, I, I'm a, I've been a pastor. So right. you're in my office. And you have a problem. I'm here to solve your problem. That's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm working. So, on. so first of all, Martha might have these feelings, and I'm jumping and say, "Hey, we'll just think this way. Let's fix it now. Yeah, right. we'll fix yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Or that's my favorite thing. You're just thinking wrong. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure so then we moved into <laughs> then we moved into stage two, which is thinking. And I'm realizing that I can't have anything to do with stage one for Martha or stage two for Martha because um, that's not my role. My role is going over and sitting next to her on the couch and being quiet. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because because so, I, I hear you saying like I don't I don't get to influence stage one or two. I don't get to control it. I I just get to be present with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, in the work that we do every day with our couples is slowing that process down, right? Mm -hmm. Where, where the emotional brain always supersedes the logical brain, right? Like you experience, Mm -hmm. I have to sit in my emotions first and I can't logic my way out of it. I can't just fix it by thinking differently. And the really important thing is, is instead of going and fixing her, you're sitting with her so she's not alone. Again, going back that. to that point that we talked about before is connection. I'm not alone. Yeah. Amen. 
That's a big deal. Yeah. And I think I've learned, I'm learning. Then there's stage three and I don't even have to be involved with that. And that stage three is that Martha's emotions have moved into her stage, that stage one into stage two of logically thinking and trying to figure it out and then coming to a conclusion of what that was all about. And stage mm -hmm. two might mean her counselor, it might mean somebody, a friend, mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And stage three is, oh, okay, it's settled. And I don't have, unless she invites me into any of those places, nice. mm. um, I have no right to enter there. Mm. Because Amazing. I just have to celebrate that right there. Unless I get an invitation, I have no right to just force my, my will. <clears throat> it's like I th when I talk about it with my clients, sometimes we'll talk about it in terms of getting invited into the room. And then, uh, you know, like if, if I just decide, oh, no, well, that, you know, that the furniture doesn't belong there right? and, and the drapes like that, that's just not right. And, you know, so we, we got to, you know, it's dark in here. So you got to open up the blinds and you get, you know, and catch the light with this way. And then you're, you're, you know, the artwork on the wall needs to be changed to this or that. And, you know, routinely the receiving person of that is like they're like stop this is my sacred space like this is kind of my holy of holy stop messing around <laughs> so i i love that that you're saying i don't get to do and i do not have the right to do any of that unless i am specifically invited to do so you you, you hit it in the head and i want to really quickly say this is a learning experience. Right. I, I am not there yet. I still yeah. am ready to jump in stage one, stage two, yeah. stage And just three. real, because I know a lot of people can relate to that. Talk to me about why it's so hard to resist that temptation. Even though you know, hey, I need to like back off and wait for the invitation. I still get pushed forward anyways, because... Probably two things. First of all, I hit... I hate to see Martha going through something like negative. Yeah. Right. Second She's of suffering. All, second of all, I hate conflict. Right on. So it's, it's, it's kind of selfish for me to say, okay, I want to get this thing over with quick. Yeah. You know, um, I'll say, and that's, and that's super normal that I see her suffering and that sucks. I love this person like crazy. So I, I want to get rid of that suffering in them as quickly as possible. And to just sit and wallow in it for as much time as they need, that's really hard. But then secondly, and, and I think he's like rightly said, I am also in pain with this. This is also very uncomfortable for me. And so I would like to end my pain as well. Yes. And so, right, I get to feel that and I get to want to be done with the pain. So that's, that's where it's like, it's okay to be noticing that, to kind of selfishly be focused. Like, hey, it's really painful for me to be with you in this. That's okay. But then <clears throat> you follow that with the sacrifice of, it's not about me managing my pain right now. And it's not about me trying to manage your pain so that my pain goes away. It's about just being present with you in your pain mm -hmm. because you're worth that to me. Beautiful. And, and then asking this question, is there anything I can do? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Um, and sometimes Martha will respond, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything you can do. Yeah. Yep. Can we or, just talk about how horrible uh, that answer feels to you, Gary? When well, you get that? 
actually, I it actually feels better than I anticipate. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> because I always assume that it's me, that I've done something wrong. Okay. Oh yeah. And and that's what I'm learning. I'm learning that sometimes it's not that I've done something wrong. Maybe it's something that she's going through that's not about me. And so nice. I nice. can just at least release that. And I and and then the importance of saying, well, I am here. I love you, and I'm here whenever you're ready. If, I'm, I'm here if you're now, ready. right? Yeah. If yes. you're ready. And, and if yeah. you're ready to talk. Because That's we might cool. get to stage three, and I'll say, hey, whatever happened with that? And you'll say... Then hmm. by then, yeah, then I'm ready to talk about it. Because he, Gary's my best friend, and I want him to know all of I want him to yes. know to be mm -hmm. in it. And that has taken time. But one thing I think we've learned the hard way is that if he does enter into that feeling stage before I'm ready, it's not good for him either. Mm, <laughs> it's not yeah. you know, because because then I'm such like I'm still trying to figure it out. And I and then I and if he pushes too hard, I end up lashing out at him. And that's not Amen. You, sometimes right. it's not even a it's not about him right so it's safer for him not right. to enter that <laughs> Amen. yeah because if, if you start yeah. moving the furniture in my room eventually i'm going to be like slapping your hand be like stop it yes i know yeah. just yeah stop and then right i'll have to get defensive or i'll have to walk whatever i need to fight for my own space and so it's really it's the best gift he's ever given to me is mm -hmm. to be patient through all of that to love me through it and then when we do get to the point where I okay, I think I get what's going on now. Let me tell you about it. And then I can go back and say, this is how I felt. Mm -hmm. This is how, why I didn't understand, but I think there's an answer here. And yeah, it's nice. So I want to celebrate one thing in the middle of that, because I know there's a lot of people out there that feel they kind of intuitively understand those phases that you're describing, but because they don't trust their spouse to be respectfully present but not controlling with phase one and phase two they will not say anything or let their spouse know that something was going on until phase three mm -hmm. right so like they'll just kind of hold it in and, and hold the, the pain the weight of that pain on their own for phases one and two and then they won't actually share anything until phase three if they get to go all the way to phase three because there's lots of situations i'm sure you guys can relate to this too there's there's plenty of situations where you know like we kind of get stuck in phase two of trying to figure it out trying to figure it out and we just can't quite do it right or the same trigger keeps coming back up and okay what's the solution to make this trigger never happen again and or, i don't know or we shove it down and pretend like it's not even right. there i shouldn't exactly. be feeling this so just move on distract myself yeah. get busy do something else so and not I, think about it well so what i love about what you're describing is it's like no you, you get to be verbal through all the stages before i truly understand anything before i have any sort of like wrangling in the chaos i get to share stage one i get to share stage two and i get to share stage three that's and really and cool. the power of your connection, and I, I see it between you two that that you are present with each other mm -hmm. in this whole thing. And I think that, again, that's just so powerful. In my suffering, I know I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you can do for me. I don't think there's anything you can do for me right now. But there's something really powerful about 
just knowing you're here. And that's hard, I think. <clears throat> that was That's hard for me. Presence versus words. Yeah. Right. You know, because my my whole ministry has been words, production, music, mm. those types of things. Amen. And to say that, no, just your presence is okay is something right. I've always struggled with. Amen. I always think it's performance value mm. and, it's, yeah. and it's not, it's, it's presence value um, because I, I, Martha mentioned it. I think uh, for a long time, I mean, for most of the time when we would deal with something in stage one and I would push and push and try to find out suddenly, and this is how I describe it. I became the object of the issue. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, wait, I, I didn't do any of these. <laughs> right. What? I'm trying to help. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it right. needs to be rearranged. I'm just helping you rearrange. What's the problem? That's right. <laughs> so it really takes, and it really, um, it, it's just really wrong for me to jump into that. It's like, yeah. And again, yeah. I go back to, I have to wait. And, and same way the other way. I mean, I'm not saying this just with Martha. For her, for me, just the waiting for the invitation. Yeah. Mm. And I, I love that that you own the aspect of this, the the anxiety aspect of it, the performance anxiety aspect of it. That yes, it's very scary for me to sit here and do quote unquote nothing because for my entire life I've gotten all my value from what my mouth does rather than what my body does. And so if my mouth is sitting here doing nothing, am I being valuable to you? Am I gonna like are we gonna be stuck here forever? Are you gonna ever work your way through this? Because, you know, when we watch our spouses in those places, they're in the emotional chaos, right? It's, it's not a logical place that they're in. And, but we, looking at it from our logical place, we're like, well, that's illogical. And what if you actually believe those things? And what, right, what if those beliefs become core beliefs? And then you start defining your life by that. And, oh, my gosh, are you ever going to see me the same? And, right, ah, it's really, really hard not to jump in. And, and yes. so yes. I, I love that it's, it's not about me necessarily trying to fix you. Like, yes, I want to jump in there and fix you. But the real struggle of those moments is, am I willing to sit with my own fear in order to give you space to deal with your own pain and to feel your own feelings. You know, I, I just want to say with that, and that's so true. I think, I mean, I know how to fix the world. <laughs> yes. Hey, me too. I know, I know how to fix everybody. Um, and there's such an arrogance to that, you know? Yeah. And so this whole process has made me a much better dad to three daughters who are extremely capable of doing this they they don't need a dad to tell them it's when now they're all in their 30s and have families when they call and we talk they don't need my solutions Amen. they just me, need me to ask questions and not even maybe ask questions just listen yep. that is so hard for me yeah. so um this has been a really good change that god is doing in my own heart of okay you know let's let's pull that, pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Amen. Oh. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need dad. Like certainly when I was two, I needed dad to fix it. But now it's all I need from dad is to know that he heard me and that what he heard matters to him. And that's enough. And Martha's Amen. really good at, at saying that <laughs> in a kind way. Like they're not, they're not looking for you to fix it. 
Yeah. Just listen. What a good affirmation for what we're supposed to do in marriage and not just marriage, but in all our relationships, right? Yes. If I know that what I'm going through matters to you, I don't need anybody to fix it. Mm. I don't need anybody to do anything. But if I come to you as a person that I care about and I say I'm going through something and you say, wow, yeah, that must be hard. Yeah. Instead of, oh, well, why don't you try this or this? Da, da, da. Mm. No, no, no. Just come close and sit with me in that. It's so amazing. I yeah. love how it's 90% of what I need right there. Yes. Yep. Yes. The mm-hmm. load is all of a sudden lighter just mm-hmm. because I know you care. Amen. So thank you so much, Gary and Martha, again, uh, for being willing to, to do this with us and especially yes. over Zoom. Um, that was just awesome. Uh, and I really hope that you guys get a lot out of that. So again, I want to uh, bring up that we want this podcast to be as helpful as possible. So please, please share it, talk about it, get it out there. Um, if you want us to address particular topics, we would love to do that. So comment, ask us, uh, jump on our website and ask us, which is upgradeyourmarriage.com. So we will see you in a month. Take care until then. Mm-hmm.